All right. Hello, and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa, who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area catering to professional level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen, sonic as in supersonic.com. Thank you if you've made it so far to this point. If you're just joining me, yeah, this is a personal tool just to help me kind of reorganize stuff in my head and process thoughts. It's like my own therapy, talking to myself. Jesus is my therapy and I'm my therapy. If nobody listens to this, it's okay. It's like a message in a bottle that (laughs) never really made it to the beach or, yeah, in another person's eyes and a fish ate it and the glass shattered inside the fish and the letter decomposed inside of the fish's stomach. Wow, kind of sad, but that was a beautiful metaphor. This isn't to seek any sort of social gain but in turn aims to share like a story or stories that would resonate with the listener. Each episode, I'll talk about one or multiple topics just regarding, you know, the detail in that topic and my 20-minute max time. I would encourage you, if you haven't already, if you're just jumping in now, to listen to my pilot episode because that's the only time where I will be just really talking about a deeper understanding of my background and not as much the stories. I mean, there's still stories. Everything anybody says is a story, really. My next topic is to when I almost died jumping out of a plane. This was in 2013. I had just gotten super interested in learning to be able to skydive by myself not having to be strapped to another person. I had already gone on two tandem skydives where you're attached to someone, you're hooked in front of them, so you're basically wearing them like a backpack. They're in control of everything, in control of the parachute, in control of how you spin and stuff when you're falling. I'm sure it's pretty difficult for them. But I went through like six hours of ground training learning the basics, the basic mechanics, maneuverability. The super, super tiny cramped airplane where you got the pilot, the passenger seat, and behind that there are normally like, I don't know, one or two more seats, but those seats were taken out so people could just crawl in there. So it was my instructor, a co-instructor, and myself. Before all this happened, they ran me through, okay, this is step-by-step exactly what's going to happen, how this is going to work. And I was all excited, all pumped up, and, I mean, I was a little nervous, actually. Keep this in the back of your head. I was wearing a cross necklace. It's like this two horseshoe nails that were kind of, like, bent into the shape of a cross, and they were wrapped with wire, and the wire was red. It was my favorite color. A teacher from 
middle school had given that to me as a gift. And I mean, I always held on to it. I didn't really know the symbolism behind it, but I, I was wearing it that day. I didn't want to take it off. So I turned it around and tucked it underneath, like right on top of the back of my neck. We're in the plane. It's just like a nice plane ride up 13 or 14,000 feet. The plane slows down. The one instructor opens the door and crawls out onto the wing and motions for me to follow him. I follow this, the same exact steps that he does. And before I knew it, here I was holding on to one of the wing supports on the plane and standing around the wheel. We did these push-ups on the support. So we went and one, two, three. And then on three, we pushed off the wing just straight directly back. So the wind caught us, pushed us back, and the plane flew forward. And now here we are just free-falling. I turned left, I turned right, did some other acrobatic aerial maneuvers, and then I did one of them that was a little shaky. It wasn't, it was okay. But then all of a sudden, I think after like 35 seconds or so, I pulled my parachute. I'm just enjoying the view, looking down at the ground. I'm in the air all by myself, just me, the parachute, the sky, the ground, Jesus, and I was wearing a one-way walkie-talkie on my chest, so I could hear what my instructors were telling me to do, where they were telling me to go. Fast forward to when we're about to come into land, I see the ground, I don't know, I'm like a one or 200 feet above it, coming in kind of hot, and what you're supposed to do is you're holding on to these ropes with handles that are called toggles. With your right hand, you pull, and then you spin to the right. With your left hand, you pull, and you spin to the left. When you pull them both at the same time, it's pulling the brakes. And when you come into land, you want to pull them just a little bit. So you're coming in almost parallel with the ground so you can land on your feet. I pulled the toggles as hard as I could, swung forward, while the parachute stayed back. So now, I don't know, I was maybe anywhere from, say, 10 to 20 feet above ground when this happened, what felt like that anyway. And the only thing between me and the ground at this point was my cross necklace, my shirt, my parachute bag, and grass. Oh, gosh, this is, like, going to give me nightmares just talking about this again. Seconds after I pull the toggles down, I land flat on my back on the ground. I saw this white flash, and I heard three pops. I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't know if this is actually what they were, but we found out that I had, if you think about a pen, like a ballpoint pen, you had the little ball on the tip, the carbide ball that distributes the ink so you can write, I had a spinal fracture that was like that size. I had just like a super, super tiny fracture in my rib. I was like, ow, what just happened? That hurt. I mean, I feel okay. So I stood up. I walked back and they were just terrified that I was even walking. 
one of the instructors was telling me that like I should try it again. And I was like, no, I am very grateful that I'm alive. And it's a miracle that we're able to enjoy the day. So I'm grateful that I'm here. So next, to when I danced in a big red bird suit in front of thousands of people. When I was in college, it was actually shortly after, within the month before or after the skydiving accident, that I started doing this at Iowa State. I got to be mascot for the remainder of my time there, which was super cool. A friend had sent me the audition notice, like, hey, if you want to come try out to be mascot, come on down. We had to prepare a skit. I dislike skits a lot, more than almost more than anything. That and spiders, the ground falling apart beneath my feet. <laughs> my skit, I wasn't proud of it at, at all. I mean, I was proud that I did it afterward. There were only like four or five of us that showed up. And I'm super glad that I got to meet you guys. That was a cool time in all of our lives. Just experience-wise of being mascot. You're a super sweaty individual inside of a costume. Less than 2% of people know who you are. And people are staring at you and coming up with ideas and thoughts about you that you would much rather them not do in the first place. So why even put yourself out there? Kind of like real life. It's been really cool to have that perspective of go out, have a bunch of fun, don't care what other people think about you. Just be yourself, which is something that if I have kids someday... Or when I have kids someday, that's something that I want to instill in my kids. To really focus on showing them not to care. I mean, to care what other people think, but not let whether or not it's good or bad affect them. Going out in front of thousands of people and making a big goofball out of myself. I had a friend, well, I still have a friend, who he would always call me a, a goober. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. If you're having fun, I mean, don't be don't be a jerk. If being a jerk is like what brings you joy in life, don't do that. That's just not okay. Every single person who has, is, and will walk this earth, they there's a certain potential that each one of us has, but unfortunately fear suppresses us from being able to be that person. It's just knowledge, common knowledge, that I hope you would take and really try to listen into who you are, what you like and what you enjoy doing, and pursue those things. If it feels weird or you're shy, don't worry about it. I heard someone say that fear is an acronym for false emotions appearing real. Why, why do we feel shy? We feel shy because we feel like other people are going to make fun of us. We feel like other people are, going to, are not going to want to be our friends anymore if we're weird. One of my friends recently told me, Michael, don't ever change. I'm like, I won't. So just be you. So being a mascot, 
two of the things that I took away, two of the biggest things that I took away. The first one was being the center of attention is uncomfortable. It's truly uncomfortable. Every single person experiences some sort of insecurity or discomfort when people are staring at them. The crowd wasn't looking at me. They were looking at Sai. They were looking at the mascot. I could do whatever I wanted. I wasn't dancing crazy. I wasn't going up to random people and like playing patty cake with them or giving them high fives or just randomly hugging people. I wasn't doing that for me. I mean, I was doing that because it brought me joy. Other people were focused on the mascot. They weren't focused on the man or woman behind the mask. I I truly got to experience joy. Now that I don't have that mask anymore, it's it's interesting because like you're hearing my voice right now, but you don't really see my face. So like I can kind of hide and be myself. Just removing yourself from any implications of what other people think about you. So you can truly be yourself. It's like there were it's like there were two different personas going on here in the whole mascotting scenario. There was me and there was Sai the mascot. Two different quirky characters, but the persona that Sai gave off, it actually came from the person inside behind the curtain. So like when I was in the suit, people experienced me even though they didn't know me. So in a way it wasn't about me. It was about Sai. It was about bringing as much joy and love to people that I could. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people have interacted with Sai, and Sai's persona comes from the one who is actually bringing Sai to life. Everybody had their own personal interaction with Sai. My last event where I got to be Psy was a golf tournament. It was me and a couple of the cheerleaders from Iowa State. And I don't know, every six minutes or so, someone would come up on their golf cart to play that hole. It was such a hot day outside. Wow, actually, I'm pretty sure that my first event as Psy, I was also outside. It was a parade. And I had no clue what to expect. So I just, I'm in the suit and I start dancing right away and just like, I'm just all of a sudden burnt out and so tired. (laughs) And people were telling me to conserve my energy. And I didn't really know what that meant. But over time, just through different events, through uh, football games, people would request Sai to go to their wedding, to go to just parties, birthday parties, fundraisers business events, whatever, anything that someone wanted, Sai would go. I got to I got to meet so many people. I got to, well, as Sai, I got to shake hands with an astronaut, which was super cool. I got to be around a lot of cool people that I wouldn't normally, you know, just by myself in my sweatpants and my t-shirt get to be around. Just to bring you in for a little fun, During football games, football games were a blast because each person who was on the the mascot squad would get to 
go out in mascot for a quarter of the game. It was just super cool because we got to interact with people. We got to be down on the playing field. Just be around a bunch of people, which was awesome. It wasn't about being the center of attention. It was it was about the privilege of doing things that you wouldn't get to normally do and the privilege of bringing a smile to someone's face. Not just getting to be on the football field, getting to be on the basketball field, being the center of attention. Those things were super cool. They did bring me joy and super awesome excitement. The best part about it was getting to know myself more, getting the experience to know that potential, getting to know my true self of, oh, getting to embrace that quirky personality. And now just in my current, my present day, I don't need the suit to channel that, that emotion, exercise that freedom, because like now that's woven into my DNA. Since the beginning of time, it's been woven into my DNA, but it's like a light switch was turned on, which will never turn off unless I turn it off, which I won't. I don't plan to. There was one time as Cy, I was at a like a kitchen expo or like a home expo for like different things, different products that you could buy for your house. Okay, keep in mind, Cy is like seven feet tall. And I come up to this two or three foot tall little girl who is is just terrified. When you're in a position like that, regardless of whether you're a mascot, you're a celebrity, a public figure, you have the power to make it or break it for someone. She was kind of interested and then kind of stepped closer and step away. I think what we learned was to make ourselves look as small as possible. I got down on the ground, put my hands over her size eyes, and started playing peekaboo. I play I played peekaboo with a whole bunch of with like everyone with the illusion that they don't think that I can see them. So I was down on the ground with dozens of people walking past me, trying to get my attention so that they could get a picture with Sai or get an autograph. I ignored every single human being other than that little girl. That specific moment, trying to convey that she doesn't have to be scared. This big red giant bird is a friend and just wants her to be happy, doesn't want her to be scared. (laughs) After five or ten minutes, I believe she finally warmed up and gave Sai a hug. Be yourself. Don't care if other people think you're weird. And most likely they're probably not thinking that. You're just thinking that they're thinking that. I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning in to this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio. JohnMichaelCollins.com Baloney. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 